Hello and welcome to the Beast Mamas podcast. Welcome back, ladies. Today is our 10th episode. I cannot believe it's been 10 episodes since we started. Thank you so much for listening to us. You know, how exciting to be already at number 10. I've been looking forward to interviewing this, this special guest today for a very long time. You know, we've known each other, I would say, for over a decade. I would have to say she was one of the founding members of the Gaia's Essence Network before we officially created a network. A very special welcome to my dear friend, my Creole sister, Olandina Balin. She's a daughter, sister, aunt, 20-year veteran educator, IFBB pro, holistic lifestyle coach, motivated speaker, professional athlete, author, entrepreneur, executive producer, and the host of the television show, Muscles and Stilettos. And most importantly, she is the founder of the Fitter Woman. She is the Fitter Woman and the Fitter Woman University. Onlandina, my sister, Onlandina, welcome to the Beast Mamas podcast. Thank you so much. What an amazing, just welcome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Saka Fed, how are you doing? Napule. Or as my, we had a good family friend, he would say, Mapvoye Fleur. Oh my God. Oh, I love it. You know, I know you're chilling in your PJs. So let's be real now. Yeah, I'm in my sweats and my sweatshirt and comfy, cozy, uh, fuzzy socks. And just. I love it. You know, Orlando, you know, I just got home and. The fact that we're doing an audio podcast and it's not video, it was perfect because I literally gone home, grabbed something to eat, and came on. I mean, I'm a teacher by day and do all these other things. So it was nice just to come home, eat, yeah. and just get into my sweats, not worry about makeup and lighting and this and yeah. that. It was just, I'm literally sitting on my couch. Oh. I have the Yule log playing on my uh, television, no sound, and I have nice. a symbol burning. I just set the mood and just I have my little cup of coffee and I'm just really ready to just talk and chat and chill. Mm, I love it. Olandina, I, I want to take our listeners back to the day we met. <laughs> yeah. What a great evening. Yes. What a great we, evening. It was, Olandina, it was at Unique Performance and we both went together, we're here washed and, and, and blow dry. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I remember, you know, shout out to Merle. Oh, we love you. We love Merle, you. We love you so much. I remember when Merle had mentioned to me, there's someone I want you to meet. She's like, I feel like you should, you two should be connected. And I believe it was by chance, my appointment and yours crossed. And Merle introduced us and we started talking and I would say it, maybe we spoke for between four to six hours mm -hmm. that day straight. Yes. I was able to just listen to your journey, your story. Then you found out about Gaia's Essence and you were asking me questions. You know, 
take us back to that day. What was that like for you? You know, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about that day. Merle was, I remember Merle saying, you have to meet Farah. She kept talking about you. You have to meet Farah. I was just coming out of a divorce or going through a divorce, I think at that time. And wow. my company, I just founded it. And I remember speaking to you and you just spoke life into me. Mm. You were really the first person that I spoke about, spoke the business and what I was thinking about doing. I'm like, I don't know. And you were like, Orlandina, go for it. Yeah. Orlandina, go for it. And that began a lot of things, a lot of circumstances where somebody else saw what I was capable of, even when I didn't see it myself. Yeah. That day was very, very, very special. We spoke for hours. You're right. We spoke for hours. My, I think I got my hair done before you did. And I I'm so. sitting there hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes. Because you already, I think you, you had already found that. I think you had already found it. Guy's essence. And I'm like, yeah. where she, she's doing it. And yeah. she's sharing it. She's speaking life into someone else. Oh, yeah. I got to know who this woman is. Absolutely. No more and, and connect with her. And we've been connected ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just remember you asking me questions. I believe we were in the, I would say, infancy stages. Yes. Um, I don't believe we had gotten into Whole Foods yet. So we were maybe like two, three years into it, you know, just building the company, building the brand. Um, we had the products, but maybe we weren't in, in Whole Foods. But I remember you just asking me questions like, how did you do it? How do you create the brand? And I just like coached you along the way and just advised you the process. And this took, you know, listeners, this took years in the making. It wasn't that first yeah. initial conversation that we had. Mm -mm. No, we built. Yeah, it took time. It did. And every time I would come across something, you and Eric would say, try this. And yeah. Orlandina, try that. I'm like, okay. And Orlandina, maybe you should do this. And every little thing you would give me, I would just grab onto it. And you, mm -hmm. and it took it took years. Every single point and every single turn, you would always, you and Eric, always were so super supportive and always so giving. So it just, you know, there's not that many people like you out there. There's not no. too many people. So when you told me about Gaia's Essence, I'm like, oh, I'm down. I'm in. I'm whatever you, <laughs> you're doing. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> I know. I know. But it, to me, I just remember that spark in you. You you had the fire. It was ignited. You were ready to go. And you, you, you looked up to me. And I wanted to steer you in the right direction. I wanted to show you. It was like if you knew the secret sauce. Like somebody who's been making a sauce for a long time. And you go, well, okay, let me try making this sauce. And they're like, oh, I can make the sauce too. And that's the way I felt with you. You understood it. You wanted to make the sauce for yourself. And there were, there were characteristics that I admire. You were determined. You were disciplined. And you were motivated to achieve your dreams. And, and the thing was, I wanted it. I just didn't have the direction. I didn't know which way to go. So God put the fire in my heart, put the, the vision in my spirit. But I was just like, just kind of picking and just trying to figure it out. And every time I would come across a threshold, you were there. Yeah. Every time I come across a threshold, there you were. And you're like, okay, try this, do this, 
now do this, do this next step. Mm-hmm. And so you were mentoring me. And again, you know, these are like baby steps and it took time to get to where I am now. But the fact that, like, like you said, you were just so willing to share. Yeah. And when you find people like that in your circle that are willing to share and not be dismissive of your vision and of your dream, it's so yeah. important, especially at the fledgling fledgling stages where you're mm-hmm. so easily discouraged. You're very mm-hmm. easily discouraged because it's not working. Yeah. You're like, why isn't it working? And it's so easy to be like, forget it. And then you have somebody going behind you. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. Let's yeah. go, let's go, let's go. Anale, anale, anale. Anale, anale. But that's that's it. You you said it. It's like and that's what I feel the guys essence network has been for so many people. It's been a platform that really celebrates all women, whether it's through our magazine, whether it's through our events, whatever it is that we do, we want to celebrate and empower these amazing women to be successful in their businesses, in their personal life, and their professional life. And, you know, looking back at Gaia's and to see where we've come, you know, I'm I'm just so grateful. I'm, I'm humbled by all the support, you know, over the years. You know, you've built the Fitter Woman and become a recognizable brand within the Long Island community in New York. Yes. You, you've really created a space where you empower women to claim their physical health for themselves so they can be healthy and sexy. You know, as we navigate this new virtual and social distancing world, how have you provided a like fitness access and workouts for your clients? Now, because we're at this virtual space and everything that's going on, people are, are they want to be close to their families. Many of the clients that I serve are building their own businesses because they realize that at a drop of a hat, whatever company they were working for can literally drop them not because they want to but just because it's things are just have shifted so much so now what i my tagline is always i help professional or busy women to reclaim their time and their waistline so what Mm. i like reclaim your time and your waistline you know as women that time time is currency time is as valuable if not more valuable than money because you can't get it back so i encourage them to make the time for their bodies, their minds, and their spirits, giving them access to fitness, exercises, nutrition, menus, all sorts of things on the online space. So that way, as soon as you get home and you finish helping the kids with their homework, or if when you first wake up in the morning, which is what I encourage my clients to do, you get online and you access this library of exercises, this library of, and the library is always growing. It's always building. Mm-hmm. So you have it at literally at your fingertips and it's curated for women just like you, because I'm just like you. Yeah. I know how valuable my time is and I'm not going to be spending my time traveling here, traveling there to get to a gym and to get to the space when I can just go home, make sure mm-hmm. everybody's fine and make sure I make time for me. And that's the thing that I impress upon my clients. Make time for yourself because there's time. To, once time is spent, it doesn't come back. Yeah. So if you want to be well, and you know, like you said, I help, I, I want every woman to feel both fit and fabulous, both fit and fabulous, because you're going to be, you're going to be able to step confidently in your businesses. 
You're going to be present for your families. You're going to be able to be there for your communities. But most importantly, you can show up for yourself because you are well, body, mind, and spirit. Well said. Can your clients currently access almost like a catalog of digital exercises that you have filmed and recorded just for their access? Yes. Um, I, I created this platform called the Fitter Woman University. And what it does is once you are enrolled, because <laughs> I'm a teacher, of course, <laughs> enrolled in the, in, in the platform, you have access to this library of exercises. So what I do is I literally place them, grow them, put them in there, and you can just get in there. And what I also do is I give you nutrition, like some nutrition information. Um, in January, I'm doing a whole sugar detox. I'm calling it the sugar crush. We're mm. going to take the first 30 days of the year to start to remove and diminish our, our, our reliance on sugar. So we're going to do a whole sugar detox. So what I'm doing is creating access points for you to be well, exercises. So once you log in, you have mm-hmm. access to workouts. Um, the workouts are designed, uh, their lower body, their upper body, total body, um, stretch. I'm creating an abdominal series. So as you go in, you'll just have access points to different resources, you know, inviting adjunct professors to bring in information about hormonal health, especially when it comes to menopause. Mm-hmm. Many of the women that I serve are perimenopausal or going through menopause or postmenopausal. And that also affects how you feel and how you look. So how do you work within that context? You know, so just bringing in other specialists in the field. Oh, that's brilliant. You just came back from a competition. And when I, when I introduced you, I, I stated that you are a professional athlete, IFBB pro. Explain to all listeners what that is and where did you just come from? (laughs) IFBB Pro, IFBB stands for the International Federation of Bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I am specifically a women's physique athlete. And what that means is I look like a bodybuilder. I am a bodybuilder. Um, The the whole thing is called physique athlete, but primarily I am a, a, I'm what bodybuilders used to look like when they first came out, women in bodybuilding. So if you were to picture it, imagine your track athlete, imagine Serena Williams, her big, beautiful muscles, just gorgeous Mm -hmm. physique that she has, just a little bit more slender. And that's me. So that's what I look like. So, I mean, she's, you know, Serena. Yes. The hottest that she is. You Mm -hmm. know, she's to me. Have you seen any movie? Oh, not yet. I'm actually, after we're done, I'm going to be getting on my bike and watching the movie. So you see, I'll be on my bicycle and watching the movies. Hey, ladies. (laughs) See? That's the pointer right there. Somebody mm-hmm. up the abdominal exercises during commercial breaks. You you make the time. You start squeezing yeah. in things where you have time. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> you you get creative because you don't have mm-hmm. all the time in the world. So um so I just competed at the Toronto Pro and I came oh. seventh. Congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you. And this is my third. I, I just. Uh, started working with a new coach and this is the third show that I've done under his uh, coaching and I just get better and better every year. I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 next year and I'm competing against women. Some women are older than me and some women are younger than me and I'm holding my own. And I was telling Farah that this was my first competition where I got on stage and I felt like such a bad mama 
when mm. I was at that stage and I was red, red suit, my hair, mm. I mm. you know, I, I felt fabulous and strong yeah. and powerful and um, just so proud of myself and to say that I worked for this. I worked yeah. so hard and Very I hard package. So in bodybuilding, you have different body types. And I always say my job is to convince the judges that I'm the body type that they want. Mm -hmm. right? That's my job. My job is to be as, you know, memorable as possible. And um, I think I did my job, whether how the placement, what the, yeah. the women that came in before me, they were fantastic, beautiful physiques. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I love to say that it was a great battle, you know, and I came in seven. So, yes. So that's what I do. And my students, I think it's amazing. They think it's the coolest thing ever that yeah. they teach the bodybuilder. <laughs> You're a cool teacher. <laughs> you know, share with us what it's like preparing for one of these competitions. Like how long do you have to prepare for and what type of discipline does it take? So to prepare for these shows, they tell you have a 16-week prep, but it's actually a year, honestly. Mm. Because there's a there they come in different phases. There's a phase where you are putting on muscle, mm -hmm. so you're building. You're working with heavier weights. Um, I will always tell anybody who wants to do this: get yourself a coach, or you have to have a coach. They can guide you, a personal trainer that can guide you, because your training is so specific. You're literally sculpting your body mm -hmm. into the best possible physique that it can be, so you can showcase your strength. Notice I said your strength. You're not trying mm -hmm. to look like anybody else. You're trying to look like the best possible you that it can be. Yeah. So once you go through that phase, your diet reflects that. Your training reflects that. So everything has to be in sync. You're eating more calories. You're lifting heavier. Mm -hmm. What's the reason? You're not, you're not going crazy, crazy heavy. Um, I don't do that because I want longevity. I want my knees and my shoulders. I love yeah. like, flexible and mobile. So those yeah. things are important to me and my coach. Um, and then the next phase is starting to lean out. So now this is where you take off the body fat and, um, and you start to really sculpt the body. And so mm -hmm. now your diet changes. So you're eating less carbs, you're eating more fat to get the body to burn fat. That's a whole new conversation. Mm -hmm. fat. <laughs> and your diet reflects that your activities reflect that you start to increase your cardio. And then as you get closer, amazing. It, it really is. It's a whole process. When you get 16 weeks out, now you really step up your diet, mm. pristine. Everything has to be clean because leading up to that, you can, like I eat well all week and then on a Saturday and a Sunday, I have one meal and I eat whatever the heck I want. I'm not looking mm -hmm. at the caloric intake. Sunday, same thing. One meal, I eat whatever I want and I go back. But yeah. now when I get 16 weeks out, now you have to be very, very, very disciplined. And the discipline is, consistency, time, dedication, because I know when I get on that stage, I don't ever want to say I lost because of food, food that's going to be there after, you know, those things. And it becomes really intense. Um, you're getting up, you're training twice a day, every day, hmm. uh, six days a week. Um, as you get closer and closer, you're doing more and more cardio. Uh, one, I'll do an hour in the morning, a half hour after work and a half hour after training. Mm -hmm. uh, so it gets really intense until you get to that desired degree of leanness to compete because they have to see all the musculature and you have to be super lean for the, the judges to see that. 
Um, that's what I tell people that this is a very small population that does this. Mm-hmm. That's not real life. So yeah. if you go on my Instagram right now or whenever you see this and you see my competition photos, I don't look like that. <laughs> Thank uh, you for saying that. That's important. I, I want people to see that because sometimes people put pictures up and they think that they look like this all the time. I do not. I don't look <laughs> like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to look like that. I'm a black Caribbean woman. I yeah. love my hips. I love my mm. I love my curves. Mm. So most of the year, I don't look like that. I look like that for about two months of the year, and then yeah. I come back because it's yeah. that it's not realistic. The the amount of work that you need to do. So be careful. To maintain it, yeah. Maintain that. It's not realistic. So the rest of the year, when you look at the rest of my photos, that's how I look. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Olandina, would would you compete again? I think right now, I, I, and it's funny, I, I, I thought this was going to be my last one, and yeah. I'm on the fence uh, right now. Um, my business has changed, and it's growing, and I really yeah. want to focus on that. Um, I'm enjoying where the fitter woman is going. Competition is awesome, but I can only get to a certain level because that's my choice. Yes. Um, um, I can only go but so far. And I know with competition, very, very few women become ex- extremely successful with it. It's just not that type of sport. Yeah. Um, and I love what Fitter Woman does. I love who she is and I love what she has become and is evolving. I may have one more show and that's because it's in New York mm. and I have so many friends that want me to compete. Oh, but I can see you. They, they, you so can, they can um, see me. Um, and then they said, then you can call it quits. <laughs> um, my coach wants me to, to compete. He's like, I really, you know, again, it's not because I think I can become number one and yeah. I'm not saying, and I want to be careful. I'm saying, I'm not saying that because I don't believe in myself. I believe myself entirely, but I just know yeah. what it takes, what it takes. Absolutely. And what it takes. And it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of focus away from what I'm doing. Yeah. And for woman is, is, is important to me. Mm-hmm. So I may have one more. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to sit still. I'm going to pray on it, meditate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let God guide me because he hasn't, you know, the creator has has yet to steer me wrong. So mm-hmm. right now I feel like God is saying, sit still, be still mm-hmm. and just wait. So I'm going to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Well, here you go. You know, I I love how you described thoroughly what it takes to get to that level of excellence. Because sometimes, and you mentioned what, you look like now is not what you look like throughout the year because people see these pictures on, on whatever social media platform it is and they start emulating or they start feeling resentful about their own lives, yes. not understanding that, that these pictures, they're, they're dark, they're not real. You know, there's lots of filters and, you know, there's, there's Photoshop. And so the average picture you see is really not real. So as Olandina told us, you know, it takes a lot of discipline and focus to get where she is in her competition. But that's that's for any one of us in any part of our lives. Whatever we want to achieve, the discipline, the focus, and the dedication is very important. And if you want to have the success, that's just what you need. You yeah. have to drive and go for it, and you can achieve that. Yes, you can. Whatever your stage is requires your your tireless devotion to it. And, you know, when you hear the word obsession, you know, we think negative things about it, but you do have to be a bit obsessed about Mm -hmm. what you're doing because it's your baby. It's your vision. 
Uh, and I, I don't know if, if any of you experienced this. I'm sure many of you do. That when a vision is placed on your heart, you you get up and you, yeah. this thing is on your heart. You're in the yeah. shower. This thing is on your heart. You're yeah. walking, you're driving. This thing is on your heart. That's what it feels like. And yeah. that, that drive and that motivation is there, but it's there for you to accomplish something. Yeah. So whatever your stage is, is always going to require your time, your focus, your dedication, but then you have to now balance it with real life. Yeah. Because well you, you have to balance it because there's a point about four weeks out from competition. I really have to shut a lot of things down because I'm being stretched to the point where I have, I have to sh- shut certain things down. I've tried to do it all and it, it doesn't work. I'm not yeah. one. I, even though I wrote a po- poem called wonder woman, we're not all <laughs> wonder woman, you know? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you I'm Wonder Woman. Yeah. I'll tell you that, but there's a point in time where limits. You you have your limits. Yeah, and be okay with that. Yeah, and absolutely. That ability to say no will help you achieve that balance. Well said. The word that many women don't like to say. We don't want to say no because we don't want to disappoint. No, no, uh-uh, I can't do it. Not no. <laughs> yeah, you go. Exactly. Yet you better learn to say that thing in Japanese. <laughs> It's yeah. very important. It's very important to say no because if you're saying yes to someone, you're saying no to yourself, and remember that. Yes. So where you're yeah. saying yes to someone because you don't want them to feel bad, you're mm-hmm. putting yourself on the table as a sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. You know, Olandina, you you just mentioned that you you feel like you may have one more in you to do another competition because of where. The Fitter Woman has taken you. You know, what was it like initially building the brand? And and what challenges did you encounter along the way? When I first built the brand, I initially wanted to be a personal trainer. I would leave work, start, you know, at the end of the school day, go to a gym and train. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God had set aside for me. It I it it wasn't that. It 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 would start and peter off. Then I said, okay, I'm going to do group training. I went and got my certification for group training. That started and then petered off. You know, in the process, I wrote my book, The um, Seasons of Her, A Journey of Womanhood. I said, Mm -hmm. well, maybe I'm just going to just write articles and write blogs. Nope, that's not it. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time where I just felt like I was spinning in a circle. And, Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was scattered. But God had me doing a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and yeah. a little bit of this. He was teaching you. Exactly. But at the time, I didn't know that. Yeah. At the time, I just felt like I was dibbling down. I'm like, if somebody's looking at my brand, they're going to be like, where is she? Because you're evolving. When, when you evolve as an individual, because you are the brand, then the brand reflects that. But then from this evolution comes this beautiful birth. Correct. And you're absolutely right. So anyone out there, if you're thinking of building a, a brand or building a business and you realize I was doing this and then I'm doing this, I'm doing this, what is happening? That's normal. And had I known, like, it's a natural process because it's exactly as you said, Farrah, as mm-hmm. I evolved, the, the brand evolved. Yeah. So I, you know, evolving, evolving, evolving trying this, trying this, trying that, seeing little bits of successes. So I know it, certain things were working. Then I got yeah. the television show, which I never mm-hmm. thought about doing. 
but I do love speaking and sharing. Yeah. So now I have this television show. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what is going on? But I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When I first yeah. thought of the name of the company and I went to the accountant to establish the name, he said, what do you name it? I said, The Fitter Woman. He said, okay, The Fitter Woman Incorporated. I said, no, I thought I was supposed to be an LLC. He says, no, I think Incorporated is going to be good for you. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. Do you know now that was the best possible thing he could have done? Hmm. I didn't understand it at that time, but God put that on him yeah. to, to me. And that's what you'll find. Sometimes people can give you shoes that are so big, you put your little feet in there and you're like, wait a second. And then in the in the future, somewhere yeah. down the line, those shoes are going to fit. Not only are they going to fit, they're going to be exactly what you needed at that yeah. time that you needed to grow into them. Yeah. And that's what happened with the brand. And I said, one day I came to my realization. I said, you know what? God had me hopping on one foot, turning in a circle, screaming like mm -hmm. a lunatic. He had me hopping on one foot to learn my bounds. Mm. I'd been spinning in a circle just to let myself go and not to be so rigid. He had me screaming at a lunatic so I could be bold and mm -hmm. speak my mind. So everything that I learned along the way was a tool that I needed to make the brand its own. Yeah. Until I finally said, you know what? I really need to invest in a, in a coach. Yeah. Just like I have a coach for my, for my, as an athlete, I needed a business coach that was going to mm -hmm. sit and mentor me. So I had Farah, and mm -hmm. then I had someone here to, to walk me through it. It was an investment. And at first mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God. God. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh all God. that. All that. How much per month? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. But then the last thing that happened, and it happened this year, and this is what really broke everything open. My business coach had me doing an exercise. And I thought I was going to have all these people coming in and only two people showed up. Now, mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that's always half, you know, half full, half full. That, yeah. me. that moment broke me. I remember coming oh. home from work. I was just so disappointed because it was a virtual event, but it didn't have as many people yeah. as I expected. I was so disappointed. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, I got to pay this coach every month and I don't have the money coming in. But da, da, da. I began mm -hmm. to cry. I was oh, wow. I cried and cried and cried. And I said, God, you told me to do this. You told yeah. me, I heard it. I knew it. And you told me to do all of these things. And why? What's happening? I said, you, something's got to give. I can't keep doing this anymore. I said, I'm tired. Yeah. Because in the process, I, had, I was in a four-year relationship that ended. Um, wow. Business was not flourishing the way that I wanted it to. And I just felt broken. Yeah. You know? Because all of these things are happening. Of course, COVID and teaching. Yeah. Even teaching had to change. I threw away all my lesson plans. I was done. Yeah, I was tired. I said, I'm tired. So I was speaking to one of my friends and she's listening to me and I'm crying. Ugly girl, girl. Mm -hmm. And she says, Orlandina, I know you think those are tears of sadness, but those are tears of joy. I'm like, they don't feel joyful. Oh. <laughs> I'm hurting over here. I'm hurting over here. I'm, like, sad. I'm, I'm sad. I'm hard. This is horrible. Yeah. And she's it's like, hard. It's hard. Because yeah. here you have this baby that you're birthing mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. 
And she said, this is when God needs you to let go. I thought mm. I thought I could. I thought I let go already. I thought I knew that lesson. Mm. He said, you didn't let go yet. So I had to press a hard reset. Ooh. I took a road trip. I drove down to Oceanside by myself. Hmm. I actually bought myself a beautiful car, beautiful red car. So anybody Ooh. who wants it, I finally said, I'm going to get mm. this car. I've always Excuse wanted me. a sports car, and I said, I'm going to do it. I oh. bought myself a beautiful car, yeah. and I love this car. I feel sexy when I get it. Mm. I look at that car, I smile. And it's not for anybody else but me. But you understand? You, you did it for you. I did it for me. It wasn't for anybody. Yeah. So I drove down to Maryland and God was like, go to go by the water. So I found Ocean City, went to Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah. Which is beautiful, by the way. For, for our listeners in Maryland, yeah. you know, shout out to, to Maryland. Shout out. It's beautiful. Woo! Y'all live in a beautiful place. The boardwalk was really quiet. I found a hotel overlooking the water. Mm. And it was during the full moon. So every oh. night I got to wake up. I would go to sleep with the full moon over the ocean. Yeah. And God kept putting on my heart time. Time, time, time. And there began the rebirth of the fitter woman and the concept of time and giving time and access to time. And the business model changed. And mm. I ended up developing the flat belly, tight booty boot camp. Yeah. And it just took off from there. The flat belly, tight booty boot camp. I give women access to these exercises that they can do from home, flatten their bellies, which is a space where flatten their bellies, tighten their booties, feel fit, 30-minute workout. I give you a meal plan, suggested meal plan that you can work with. If you need a more specific one, I can get that for you. Just everything literally at your fingertip to save you time. time. So all of, that, all of that to say. I allowed myself to be broken, mm -hmm. to be unmade, mm -hmm. so that I can be remade. Mm. The reconstruction of she, yeah. the reconstruction of me, and we all have to go through that. Mm. I, you, uh, you're gonna make me cry on this podcast again. I, you shared something that that I went through personally last year was a tough year for me. Mm. I I have been there for my network for a very, very long time. And Olandina, you know how much every woman that I connect with means to me, each and every one of them. I didn't have it within my own being to host the conference because I felt at wit's end. I was tired and exhausted. I couldn't give to anyone else because my cup was empty. I needed to take time for me. And for the first time in my 40 years, I said, no, I'm not. I'm not doing the conference. And, you know, many people didn't understand because it was like, that's the moment that everyone needed Gaia's essence, that everyone needed the conference. We needed, we need you at that time. But I honestly didn't have it to give. Mm -hmm. And I took that time. My grandma died during that period of time. And mm -hmm. I couldn't go home. I couldn't go to Dominica. And I'm, I'm literally watching my family at the funeral, you know, over the computer on video. And I'm seeing my mom. And my mom is broken. You know, my mom and I are very, very, very close. And I, I didn't have it to give. 
And I took that time for me. I was able to sit back and decide, what does Farah want now? How do I see myself growing within the next five to 10 years? How do, which means, how does Gaia's essence rebrand mm. to the next decade? And from this time of reflection came the evolution of, I will tell you, the most beautiful flower that I call Gaia's essence. She mm. has bloomed and she has taken stage in the most beautiful way. Like to have the technology now where we can host a conference that now becomes a global conference. Now we have a podcast that celebrates these amazing women, but it now bridges the gap, connects the network throughout the year. So you always keep connected with us. It continues the conversation. We've never had that before. We've had gaps. Now we're coming up with our magazine. Now we're working on our documentary. And so from all these things birthed this beautiful Gaia's Essence Network, giving women the tools, the technology, the training, and the resources to be successful. Yes. And, and I feel the strongest that I have ever felt my entire life. I see Gaia's Essence so clearly now. Yes. And the visions that I've had for so many years have now come into fruition. When I tell you, ladies, how important it is to stop, yeah. how important it is to reflect, how important it is to just take a moment for yourself. Because if you're always doing, you're not observing. And sometimes you need to be the observer of your own life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to sit still. And if you don't make the decision to sit still, I promise you, through my own experience, God, creator, the universe, however mm -hmm. you look at it, the energies, source energies, whatever, however you view it, they will sit you down. Yeah. The first lesson I ever got was when I tore my ACL because I was planning to be ripping and running. And mm -hmm. there were times that were telling me, sit you behind down someplace. I need you to listen. Yeah. No, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my certification. I'm going to do that. And sure enough, tore my ACL. Sit down. Oh, sit That's down. when I wrote my book. Because I couldn't yeah. do anything else. God yeah. was like, I need you to listen. Yeah. So moving forward, I try to become very sensitive now. So when I feel like my energy is low. So mm -hmm. when I can totally relate when you're like, I don't have it. Yeah. To give. I didn't. And if you force it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been good. No, been horrendous. And what? How draining would it have been? Yeah. And with all of this that you're birthing now would that have come from you? Yeah. No. So mm -mm. you have to take time because, as you said, when you keep running and running, because sometimes I, and and you have to be as a woman, as a person, whoever's listening, you mm -hmm. have to. You're running. Are you truly busy? Or are you <laughs> like, are you truly busy? Yeah. There's an activity that I do with my clients when I said, let's look at how you spend your time. And we look at it from the perspective of an accountant. I want you to give me line by line what you do with your day. Mm. Are you really busy? Or are you busy finding busy work? And sometimes mm -hmm. we make ourselves busy so we don't have time to sit still because it is in the silence 
that we are faced with things that we no longer, we don't want to face. Oh, hey, you said it because there are many distractions. Yes. And those distractions keep us from listening. Those Mm -hmm. distractions keep us from seeing. And when we allow that to happen, it hurts us because we never get to grow. We never get to evolve because sometimes you got to do the ugly work. Mm -hmm. You have to, I'm actually, I wasn't, I've been invited to speak uh, and to to participate at a women's conference in June Mm -hmm. in Boca. It's a luxury women's retreat and I'll give Mm -hmm. the information. Absolutely. As beautiful as it sounds, you want to be working. Yeah. You're going to be working because that's the realities of things. There are things that we want to run from. We cannot. And yeah. once we face them and we're honest with ourselves, then we can fix them. Not, not always fix them, but at least work with them and mm-hmm. deal with them. And then we can grow and birth and grow and birth mm-hmm. and move into our purpose. But that sitting still is so key. So when you hear it, like right now I'm hearing sit still. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down right here. Yeah. Be still. I, I remember hearing the word Selah. Uh, and I have a little podcast that I, I'm growing and it's really mm-hmm. simple. It's nothing big. I haven't put it out there. But one of yeah. the episodes is called Selah. Mm. That word appears about 72 times in the Bible. Now, I, I talk, I refer to God and I refer to the Bible, not from the perspective of being um a Christian, or I just, I'm a spiritual person. So mm-hmm. I love looking at any type of sacred text. Yeah. That word, they said, um, it's, they believe it's a Greek word or a Latin word, whatever word, but it, it's supposed to go along with music. So, you know, in, in phrasing of music, sometimes there's a break mm-hmm. in music. Um, Eric Satie, uh, he did the gymnopédie. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So he was known as the master of phrasing. And they tell you that it was when he had this long silence of stretching. That, that was really what made the music. So sometimes we need to pause to really hear the music. Mm. Sometimes we need to pause to see what we need to do next. We don't always have to be active. The butterfly is a cocoon at some is in a cocoon at some point. Yeah. So it is in the pausing that we we can truly hear the music and truly see who we are. So pause when you need to press the pause button. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. You know, you you're speaking from from your heart, and and I want you to tell our listeners because many people don't know you as as well as I do. Can you can you explain to them what makes the fitter woman so different? from other fitness platforms out there? A lot of fitness platforms focus on the body. We're going to give you a six pack. We're going to give you a tight booty. We're going mm-hmm. to make you whatever. They focus on sculpting you into something or some into some, and I'm doing air quotes, some vision of beauty, whatever theirs, their, their, their version of beauty. Mm-hmm. The fitter woman doesn't do that. The fitter woman is about you becoming the fittest, healthiest, happiest version of you. I focus on helping you to discover you. Mm -hmm. Helping you to discover what style of eating works best for you. I'm not going to give you a diet. 21 days, you're going to lose 300 pounds. No, we don't do that. Because it it has to be a lifestyle. It has to be sustainable. 
And how do we do that? By helping you to reconnect to you. Yeah. The workouts is about you connecting to that body. We are so disconnected yeah. from our bodies. My, my role, I feel, is to remind you how special this temple is, that temple, that beautiful temple called you, that it's worth your time to eat well, to move it often, and to give it the silence that it needs, that time for devotion, spiritual practice, whatever that looks like. So that's what the Fertile Woman does. I, I help you to reconnect to you, body, mind, and spirit. So you become that best version of you because every one of us has a gift to fulfill in this world. And my mm -hmm. role is to serve you so that you can fulfill your role. And that body and that mind and the spirit needs to be healthy in order to do that. You, you are definitely a, a true teacher, which takes me to, to my next question. You have been an educator for over 20 years. You know, thank you for the service of teaching the next generation, especially the fact that you are a math teacher. Yes. A, a discipline which is essential for every student. What was it like during the pandemic for you teaching? It was very difficult because I'm a very, I'm that teacher that when she gets her kids, her students, I really connect to them. Yeah. I can feel their energy. That's I've been there. Yeah. I'm I'm there. So when they come in, are you in a good mood? You're bad. And so all of that was really was taken away. Yeah. So I had to find a way to reconnect. Like everything that I the way I've been teaching, I had to completely change it. I remember telling Farah that I came in in August when they allowed us to come back into the building. <laughs> They said, you're not going to have a desk. You're not going to have a file cabinet. You're not going to have anything because we can't have, we're trying to keep the area as clean as possible so we can disinfect as much as possible. So I had nothing. Mm. And I was so stressed. And finally, my heart was like, just throw everything away. Oh my God. I took all my lesson plans and I literally took each draw and turned it over and tossed it. Oh, wow. I walked out of the building with my pocketbook and my computer. That was it. I said, none of this is going to, I cannot take this into the new land. I cannot take old things into the new land. I cannot take my old ways of thinking into the new land. I have to evolve. This is an evolution. I have to evolve. Yeah. So it was very difficult, but I had to find a way to reconnect with my students. So when we first shut down, it was in March, my students knew me already. So that was, it was tough because now we're doing everything from a virtual space yeah. We had students that were not showing up. Parents were so stressed out. They couldn't even support their children. Wow. They could barely, like they weren't functioning themselves. So it's extremely difficult, extremely tough on a lot of the families. So that year, that was rough. When we came back last year in September, now you have a hybrid. Some kids are in the building, some kids are not. Totally mm -hmm. different teaching. I had to find a way to connect with my students. I use a lot of stories, hmm. stories, just stories to connect with them. Was I able to connect with all of them? No. But I said to myself, when I walked into it, I said, I'm going to reach as many as I can. Yeah. I'm going to show them that I see you. So I made it a point, especially my virtual classes, every box that popped up, good morning. And I would say their name. Hmm. 
And it wasn't just to be polite. It was to let them know, I see you. Mm-hmm. You're not just a box with a letter and an avatar. They're supposed yeah. to have cameras on, but they didn't. I see you. And I think that's the most important thing right now to let people know that I see you. Yeah. We have adults that feel that they're not seeing, they're hurting. Yeah. That's why we have so many things. You see so many people just, they're disconnected. Yeah. It's for them to hurt somebody else because they don't feel a connection. Absolutely. You know, Olandina, what advice do you have for, for those parents that, that are really struggling. They're very challenged with the new school system. There's a hybrid system. What what type of advice do you have for them? How do how do they survive in this system? Because they, they feel clueless. They feel helpless. You are not alone. You are your child's first teacher. Yeah. I want each parent to be empowered in that. You are your child's first teacher. Before they go to any classroom, you were first teacher. And yeah. teaching is not just for the teacher. It's learning is a is a village. Mm-hmm. It takes everybody. You're part of a team. And you and the teacher are a team. It's you, the yeah. teacher, the school community, your community, your family. And if there's something that you don't, we don't want you to teach. We're not, we're not asking you to teach your children. Yeah. That's our job. All we ask is the support. Just make sure that they did one through ten. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. I get it. You have your, you know, you're working, you're managing a home. We get it. Yeah. But it's a team. And you are welcome to get involved. And yeah. if you're working, if, you know, most teachers, they, they're going to welcome you. I welcome yeah. all my parents. Message your teachers. Email them. Introduce yourself. Don't be, don't feel as if, well, they know what they're doing. You know, they're an educator. I'm, they're there and I'm here. No, it's a team yeah. effort. We need you. Yeah. We see you too. I see you and I know you're hurting and I know it's really difficult. Reach out. Whatever resources the school has to help you, they they will try their best. And if you're not getting that, then reach to the higher, to the next level. It's hard. It's challenging. Yeah, absolutely. For everyone, I promise you. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, guess what? That teacher's feeling overwhelmed too. So mm-hmm. let's get on it together and do it together. And then we'll, we can spread, <laughs> spread the load. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well said, because, you know, we've been homeschooling, I would say now for over, a, I guess it's been about 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a been while. a really long time. And, and, and during the pandemic, I think when everyone was, shuffling trying to figure out I was helping other moms who were just being exposed to it for the first time you said it right because now as we move to California we're still homeschooling but California system is different from New York but when we met with the teacher the first time we we just let her know one how grateful we are just for her time and we're grateful to have you and I think it's it's showing the teacher's respect yes yes it, it, it shows a respect because I think, you know, when people look at teachers, a lot of them are like, oh, you're so lucky you get the summers off. I'm like, mm-hmm. you earn those summers off. Absolutely. You earn those summers off. When you get your summer off, you you have how many minds that you're shaping? <laughs> how many pers- you know, if you have a parent and you've got multiple children, you're three and five kids, oh you know, God. with three and five different personalities. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, I call my mother all the time. So, mommy, um, how you did it? You got five. I have two. That's not and easy. It's not easy. And each one is different. Mm, so yes. Can you imagine I got 25 in one what? class? What? Each one is different. I got to be really soft with one, a little yeah. bit more, one, a little bit firmer with the other. And another one has to be like a little whip. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, because each child is different. Yeah. They require different things, yeah. They require a different, a different um, approach. Mm-hmm. You got to know them. So now you take that five classes, you know, three classes, four classes. It's ah. difficult. Yeah. And then you have the administration, you know, so you have your professional responsibilities yeah. and teaching response. So it's, it's a lot. So that's yeah. why, we, you know, we really encourage parents, get involved. Yeah. Get involved. I want you to be confident. I, I call it parent, you know, just school confidence. I want the parents to feel confident yeah. in calling to school and saying, hey, I have a question. Mm-hmm. It's okay to call the school and say, I got a question. I don't mm-hmm. understand this. I need assistance. We know it's okay because mm-hmm. guess what? When I need help, I call my principal and listen, I don't know what this <laughs> is. How do we do this? Yes. <laughs> And if you're doing independent studies, reach out to other parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reach out to other parents. Yeah. So you can have your own tribe, your own community. Yeah. Like, hey, you have this. Did you do have to do this project with so-and-so? Mm-hmm. All right. You help mine. I'll help yours. Mm-hmm. Don't do it by yourself. You yeah. are not alone. It's a community. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to have found a, a really lovely community here, the parents plan. So we go to the park like twice a week and then we do different museums during the week and then they found out that I was a scientist like can you teach science class (laughs) (laughs) then Eric is doing engineering and math class you know see that's how you do it I I I know of one community out here they're in Lake Grove that's what that's exactly what they do it's a group of moms and one person will take a subject area that they're really comfortable with so they go on field trips and they they help each other they'll combine projects so yeah. it's a community um, effort. And if yeah. you're that person who feels alone and you feel as if there's no one around you, because sometimes people move into areas and they don't have any family there, they don't have a support system, there's yeah. a network out there for you. Mm-hmm. Find and them, you, search them, Google. Google them, go on Google, yeah. just like you go on Google to find out, you know, the greatest and coolest restaurant near you and mm-hmm. whatever. You can go on Google and find a parent group or a mom group or whatever. Google has everything. Yeah, they really do. If you're alone, reach out to your school. They may have resources. If not, go on Google. There's something. When I say Google me, Google. (laughs) Google. (laughs) I I love it because we're talking about, you know, relationships, friendships, family, building your tribe. Orlandina, I... I know how close you are to your sisters Mm. Um, and you being close with your sister, being very close to this beautiful young lady, your niece, who I remember her just being so sharp, so wise. And then the matriarch of your family, your mother, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how important do you feel it is to have a group of people around you, especially as a woman, a group of very powerful, strong women really cheering you on? Like your mom and, and your, your, your niece was there cheering you on, celebrating you. How essential is that for the evolution and just the, the opportunity of a woman 
to just know how much she's loved from those around her. You know, it's funny you said that because today I wrote a post about when you are reconstructing or deconstructing yourself, you're in essence become a construction site, right? And a construction site we know is 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 messy, it's dangerous, there's stuff all over the place, right? But you have a construction crew and you've all looked at the blueprint and you all know the vision. And you all know where all the pieces are gonna go. And if something needs to shift, they're like, you know, somebody in your crew is gonna be like, you know what, I don't think that's gonna look good. I think we need to reevaluate that and look someplace else. That's what your tribe does. Your tribe not only celebrates your accomplishments and helps you, but your tribe will also let you know when you're going, you're making the wrong decision yeah, or you're going in left field, right? That, you're, you're, that's, that's the importance of a tribe. You need people that see your vision. I knew Farrah was my people's spoke <laughs> the same language. That's how you recognize your people. Yeah, yeah. Learn to recognize your people. And you'll notice your people all say the same word. For me, it's to serve. That's how I recognize my people. They always use the word serve. I'm like, that's my people. Yeah. Learn to recognize your people. It's so important to have my sisters whom I I adore. My mom who is like, I am who I am because of my mother. Mm -hmm. You know? We all are. We Mm. all are because of our mother. And if you didn't have the best relationship with your mom, that's okay. This woman in your life that has impressed upon, has impressed something on you. When you're looking for your tribe, look for women or people, because I have men in my tribe as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love my husband. Yeah. I love my son. Yeah. Your son. So it's not just my dad. There's so many men around me. Yeah. Men around you. There have been men have been so integral. Yeah. So yes, I'm the fitter woman. Men have been very, very, very important. My coaches are men. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My business coach is a woman. But I've had men in my life that have seen and have been pro me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important that you find your tribe and, you, and it has to be people that understand your vision. I use the analogy of a crayon, the box of crayons. Mm. If I see a box of crayons and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to draw the Eiffel Tower and I'm going to draw this, I'm going to draw that. And I give the box of crayons to to Farah and I said, Farah, and Farah's like, oh, let's put the sunlight behind us and then we can do this. And mm-hmm. Farah's drawing with me. That's my people. Yeah. We pass the crayon to somebody else and they start eating it. <laughs> Yo, don't eat the crayon. Don't eat the crayon. <laughs> oh, I love it. So mm. find your tribe because they understand your vision. They don't see you as a mad, they don't see it as madness and craziness. They're right there with you, dreaming alongside yeah. you alongside you because they too have their own vision. So you drive each other together. The minute you share that vision, that person's like, you can't, or what are you thinking? Or that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Them not, them, I'm going to say, them not your people. They're not, they got to go. That's like that. Them not your people. They got to go. And it's okay to let them go because you got to make mm-hmm. space for that person that has to be there. Yeah. If you keep that person in there, they're going to always hold you back. It's extremely yeah. important. So I have my sister tribe. I have my sister, (laughs) Mm -hmm. A.H. tribe, Mm -hmm. right? And there are men in my tribe. That's how, that's why it's so important. You need people to support you and to tell you, hey, mm -mm, that ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, th- thank you for thank you for being a part of of my tribe for so many years. Thank you for being part of my tribe. I oh, you're welcome. You and I appreciate everything you've done, and this brought this this podcast this right here. Yeah, life. Yeah, this is gonna breathe so much life. I'm as I'm speaking with you, I'm like, oh yeah, it's breathing life in me. It's breathing, same thing. It's like a, I like I knew I would enjoy it, but I didn't realize how much I would. I'm absolutely having a blast connecting with women. I do a podcast almost every day. Because you're sharing. Yeah. You're sharing a journey so that a woman who's hearing this or a man who's hearing this, they're like, oh, that's me. Yeah. They need to hear that. Oh, that's me right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing a podcast a day, it is a story that needs to be told. I'm I'm like, because it, it takes work. It's a lot of work. Edit, it's a lot of work, but um, this story. But I love it. You love it. And you're yeah. now this global platform. Yeah. The power of the word. Yeah. Well, I, you, I told you, didn't I? I said, Olandina. <laughs> yes. I'm going virtual. I'm going okay. virtual. That's it. And my mom always said something growing up. She's like, whatever you enjoy doing is not hard work. And to me. Doing the podcast is fun. I'm having fun doing it. And I'm empowered where I can edit my own podcast. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to rely on anyone else. And my husband empowered me to have the tech skills to do this for myself. So I'm good. Yeah. And you can do it. Yeah. You can do it because this is what you choose. It's your choice. And it's your joy. It's Mm -hmm. passion. So it doesn't work. Yeah. Someone that asked me today, how... Do you make the time to all that you do? She said it to me today. I don't understand. She says, I see your social media. I don't understand. Yeah. I said, when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm teaching, mm-hmm. I said, I make time for it because mm-hmm. it's my passion. Mm-hmm. So I just have to balance my time. There you go. So as I've been growing as, 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 as a business, I also make sure that my calendar, I have things blocked off as my untouchable time. Mm, say it. There's untouchable time. Mm. And I put it in my calendar. So somebody yeah. says, oh, Lindy, I need to meet with you. No, I'm sorry. I'm not Mm-mm. available. Mm-mm. I'm available here, 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 here. There you go. So you have time to work, time to play, time mm-hmm. to rest. That's, you have untouchable yeah. time. So that's your I time love it. family. Yeah. So those are things. This is how you keep your balance. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing here. And, and because you're able to be present in all these different activities and, and roles that you have and things that you're interested in and visions for yourself and your business, because you're present in each one of them, then you can be focused, disciplined, achieve, move on. And so you don't have to spend too much time on it because you, when you're there, you're only focusing on this one thing. Correct. You're not in a little bit of this. In a little bit of that, in a little bit of that. Anything mm-hmm. that you do, the, the question always is, how does this help to push the brand? Yeah. How does this help to push my purpose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's to help push my purpose. And I don't mean just, it's not about me, me, me. Like any mm-hmm. partnership I enter into has to be mutually yeah. beneficial. Absolutely. Like, I, mean, I don't like to be in anything where it's one-sided. I feel one-sided the same way. way. Or one-sided the other person. No, it has to be mutual beneficial. Yeah. And it, that's how you have to qualify that time. That, that word, man. That word, that time. 
time to work, time to play, time to pause. Mm-hmm. Anything that you're spending time has to be worth your time. Mm-hmm. Is it worth my time? And, yes. I'll, and I'll tell you, it's, it's not worth my time. I'm not even going to put my energy or effort into it. You can't. It's not worth my time. It's my time worth- is too precious. Yes. You're too precious. You're the time mm-hmm. that your mind has to, it's too precious. Just don't spend your time with people that are draining you. Mm. If you're having conversations. Those energy like, vampires. Well, let's not start oh, on this right now. Oh, girl, we can go mm. on another thing mm. with that. But your time is so valuable. <laughs> I uh-uh. spend time. Absolutely. You know, you, you just talked about the school and teachers and having a community and, and feeling connected. Orlandina, you, you're Haitian and, and you're very proud of it. Yes. I, it's something that I admire so much about you. It's how you celebrate where you're from. Mundam Nietzsche. I'm Dominican. Mm-hmm. I'm West Indian. I love soca. I love carnival. I love cassava. I love guavas. I celebrate everything that's me. My Creole culture, my people, my way of life, my history. And you too understand the importance of embracing all parts of who you are in being a confident and strong woman. It is, you know, it is something for me that that really centers me and allows my children to see themselves in in the Dominican culture as well because they have Dominican half American. You know, that's the beauty of being mixed is that you get to celebrate so many elements of who you are. And many immigrants sometimes may not have the opportunity to return home, to return to the land of their birth, or may choose not to. And I think it's sad because it's like you're missing a piece of yourself and you don't even realize it, that there's, there's, there's a longing for something that you can't get unless you go back home. That feeling you, you get when you, you're on home soil. I, Haiti has such a rich history, you know, from the Caribbean region and just from where we're connected. How do you feel connected to to your own ancestors who who fought and and conquered so much for you to be here today my parents did something very special when i was growing up they always kept the haitian tradition alive at home mm-hmm. so even though i was born in the states raised in the states i learned to speak haitian creole mm-hmm. i knew my culture beyond just the food yeah my parents spoke about the history they kept the oral tradition of creek crack, which mm. is, like, you know, the, 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 the culture of storytelling. Storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, you uh, say creek crack. Yes. <laughs> and so, and even when I went to school in the States, who actually went to Haitian Academy first, they had a, Haitian, oh, wow. They had a campus in Brooklyn and a campus in Port-au-Prince. So my parents did very, very, very well with that. And so because of that, I knew who I was. Yeah. So I grew up at the time when, you know, it, there was, we, we went through our, our, our <laughs> nonsense. Haitians have AIDS. All Haitians yeah. practice uh, voodoo from, you know, certain, yeah. certain uh, serpent and rainbow. It looks bad. It's this is that. Yeah. So I learned about my culture through my family. And I also yeah. did my own research as I became older. Yeah. We as a people have to make sure that we, 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 teach mm-hmm. about our culture. 
Mm-hmm. Don't leave it to the media. Don't leave it to the schools. They're not going to teach you with the same passion that you will. Yeah. It's very important that I tell people that I'm Haitian because say, mm-hmm. so I may speak Creole and I'm, you can tell I'm American, but yeah. Yeah, to say mm-hmm. I'm proud to be yeah. Haitian because it is because of them, because of the tenacity of the Haitian people be, to become the first black republic, because of that. Hey, hey. tell them. Because of that. I am yeah. where I am and I am who I am. Yeah. Haitian people are proud people. Haitian people are very hardworking people. Mm-hmm. And Haitian people don't take nonsense from nobody. Yeah. They understand the value of themselves. So even growing up and learning to be working, working in an office setting. Yeah. And please excuse my language because this is the way my father said it. And it <laughs> can't be said any other way. So pardon me. Say it. He said. Always make sure you're an asset and never an asshole. Hey, say that again, Olandina. Repeat for the people. <laughs> make sure that you are mm. always an asset and never an asshole. That that oh, that shit. is what it means to be Haitian. That's how I used to walk around. That's how I walk around. That's what he said. That was the only thing my father ever cursed around the house. But that's wow. what he told us. You girls yeah. need to understand that. Why? You understand your value. Even when you're working in an office, nobody can dare talk to you any which way they want. Yeah. Because it is an exchange. I give you my time. I give you my knowledge. I give you this and you pay me. Yeah. You don't own me. You're paying me. That is the Haitian mentality. You don't mess with us. And because you work hard. So those things are so, so, so important to me. They are embedded in me. They're ingrained in me. And because of that, I'm actually working on a project called Haiti Sheri, which is going to January, where I'm going to be. How can I be a part of it? Tell me. Oh, uh, so definitely. So what it is is a project where we are going to be talking about the culture, the Haitian culture, and other yeah. indigenous cultures. Yeah. Their contributions to the Americas. Yeah. And so it's going to be right now. We're starting with seven episodes. Um, GCNY, which is Garden City Media, is going to be filming it. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have like a series of vignettes where we talk about different aspects of the Haitian culture and also some indigenous cultures, the food, yeah. the people, the history. I partnered up with an author by the name of Roger Purcell, who wrote a book, a Guyanese. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So West Indian all the way. West Indian all the way. He wrote a book called America Should Be Grateful to Haiti. We're going to, and, yeah. and he talks about the Haitian contribution to the American, yeah. to the American history. And we're going to be showcasing businesses Haitian businesses. So and I'm just doing little vignettes so people can understand we are not yeah. just, unfortunately, the, the narrative in the media right now is Haiti, yeah. the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. I'm so tired of that. But I want I want to <laughs> interrupt you here. You know, yes. people may not understand, but, but Haiti was that ray of hope for many nations, many African-American nations, the Caribbean, where in the 19th century, because they were the first black independent country. Yes. They were one of the islands that revolted and then they were independent. They, they rose against the colonizers yes. and everybody looked to Haiti. Haiti was a very rich, very wealthy country. Very wealthy. It and it was, it was literally stripped of everything yes. that she had. So when people yes. say, when people come with the rhetoric, oh, Haiti is poor, occasions of this, I have to educate them and tell them, you know, 
who, who was Haiti and why was Haiti stricken because of how powerful the country was because of how rich the country was, yeah. you know, this was purposely done. And yeah. so you, you have to remember who's giving you the message. Exactly. Who's telling you the story because the Haiti, the name, the nickname of Haiti was La Pelle des Antilles, the mm -hmm. pearl, the pearl jewel of the Antilles. Of the Antilles. Mm -hmm. It had so many resources. Germany came in. The Americans came in. Everybody so came they, and took their share. They took their share and they left and they literally raped they the left country. And they, they left, left nothing. And left nothing. And now you're asking what's happening to Haiti? <laughs> what's happening with the Haitian people? You think yeah. we did this to ourselves? Yeah. No. So I want to change the narrative and it's important that people understand who the hell we are. Yeah. We're not just the poorest nation. And, and, and I want to make sure that people understand the story. And so I've partnered up with different people. People actually heard about the project, like, oh, no, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And now we're even using a component of it to raise funds for an organization called A Day Youth. And it's mm -hmm. an organization that help, that actually gives um, assistance to children of Haitian immigrants. They're working oh. on even a, being able to provide mental health services. So oh, that's wonderful. Just do everything in-house because right now they do a lot of referrals. So yeah. it's extremely important. They're serving the Haitian community because in the Caribbean community, a lot of times mental health is kind of hidden away. Yeah. Sexual abuse. The stigmas continue. There's stigmas. There's stigmas. You know, um, sexual abuse. A lot of the children that were brought over from the island by the coyotes, right? Families yeah. paid money to come over. These children witnessed devastating acts of violence against their parents, against other children. Right now, they're suffering from it. And mm -hmm. I've seen it firsthand. Like you have children that have a hard time um, being able to just adjust into the schools because of everything that they witnessed on their way up here. So it's important to me that these stories are told. Mm -hmm. so people really understand what's happening in Haiti. And it's not just the earthquake and it's not just the president being assassinated it's so many yeah, things there's a lot going on there's a, a lot, lot going on. on it's not just that so that's why um these this, this type of project so that's why when i said in the beginning the fitter woman incorporated was the proper name yeah i had to grow into those shoes yeah absolutely so that i can ad address certain things the philanthropic side you know uh in the future found you know creating a foundation to be able to do these types of projects so um, that's why I said the Fitter Woman is so different from these other fitness programs because they just focus on the body. Yeah. And that's it. There's so much more to us than that. Yeah. You focus on the community and the individual. Correct. Because yeah. a healthy person will in, in turn create a healthy family. Healthy families mm -hmm. create healthy communities. Healthy communities yeah. create healthy towns and villages yeah. and cities. And then eventually a healthy world. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And moving from you really making a difference on the image of the, the Haitian people and culture, this comes to, I would say, the question of the podcast. Mm. And is when did you feel that you became a beast mama? Mm. When you showed up for Orlandina in a way that you thought wasn't even possible. When was the first time you remember you were a beast mama. Or maybe there are moments. So share with us either or. I think I've, if you look at it like a wavelength, you're mm -hmm. a scientist. When you look at the sound wave, you know how you have peaks? So I had yeah. peaks of beast mode, beast mama moments. 
Yeah. You know, when um, I was finding myself through, you know, just uh, going through physical therapy to be able to walk properly and be able to train again. That was yeah. a beast mama moment because I had to start all over in terms of training. Um, beast mama moment number one came when I when I left my my marriage because it was something that I knew it was comfortable with and I had to step into the world of the unknown. Wow. Right? So that was a beast mama moment. I was like, nah, I need to make a decision and, and make mm. a choice for me. Mm-hmm. Because if I stay here, that that is that in itself is a decision being made for me. So I can't do that. Yeah you know, writing my book and, and being self pu- self-publishing, no matter what, just did it myself. Beast mama yeah. moment. Yeah. So I've had a series of beast mama moments, you know, last year placing, finally breaking top 10 and placing, you know, despite everything, training through COVID, beast mama moment. Oh. I'm going to tell you right now, my epic beast mama moment came from this year. This mm. year has been epic beast mama moment. It, because I had to work on myself emotionally. I felt that I was well physically, you know, spiritually, but emotionally I was not well, not realizing that being divorced, that process left a scar. Oh, and wow. I didn't I didn't realize it because time had gone. So it became something where, you know, I had to peel off the band-aid that I didn't realize I put there, perform triage. Yeah. Got all the rotten grand green stuff. Mm. Like, put the saw, look in, do the dirty work, do the hard work, because that led to, that was one of the components that led to me being, you know, breaking up in the relationship, the relationship ending, because mm-hmm. there were things I still didn't work on. Yeah, I worked on those things. It was painful. It wasn't fun, but I yeah. did. And I found myself again. Mm, celebrate, celebrate this moment. Celebrate Orlandina, because there was a yeah. part of me that became numb. I didn't yeah. realize it. And now that part is awake and alive and kicking, just like the nerves, just alive and kicking. And yeah. now you're talking about the complete for the woman, body, mind, and spirit and heart. Yeah. So now yeah. you can, I'm, I'm epic beast mama. <laughs> <laughs> right? You I'm choose like, your beast mama mode. <laughs> beast mama mode. When I got on that stage this weekend, they saw all of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether they knew it or not, I stepped on that stage with epic beast mama mode. Yeah. So, yeah, this year is the epic moment. Oh, wonderful. I I met you and I've not known you younger. I know your niece, so I can only imagine what you would be like younger. What, What was it like? Who was that little girl? Who became the all and dinner that I know today? What was and she like? She was quiet. She was very ah. obedient. Very obedient. She would never rock the waves, rock the boat, did whatever mm. you asked her to do. Yeah. She was a good girl. Yeah. Always wanted to help people. Always wanted I can to see people. I can see that. Yeah. So she you she's there. Yeah. <laughs> she's still here. Yeah. But uh one of the things my mom said is, she said, I love the way that I raised you girls, but I needed you to be a bit, bit of a bit more of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> your parents. My parents are, my parents are what? so on their time. Oh. It, 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 she said, Orlandina was very, very sweet. Mm. She's a sweet girl. She's a nice girl. But there's a time, there's a time to be sweet and there's a time not to be so sweet. And so I've learned. Yeah. Not to be so sweet all the time. You yeah. have to earn that. 
Mm-hmm. So I go, I always tell people, I love to smile. Farrah, you know, I love I know. to smile. Beautiful smile. I love to love, but mm-hmm. I smile for two reasons. I smile because I genuinely love to smile. Mm-hmm. And I also smile so you can see I have fangs. <laughs> to remind you that I can bite too. You can bite. <laughs> you are a proper West Indian, I swear. <laughs> That's right, right? Listen, we have a problem. We have an analogy for mm. everything. Mm. So she's very I sweet. Smile like so that she had moments. Fangs. Yeah. yeah. She had moments where her little fangs mm-hmm. would show and she would nip and then people would fall back. Mm-hmm. And so, but they weren't even handed. They would just come yeah. up. Now yeah. they're balanced. Now mm. it's, I have the fangs and then I have the smile. Anyone mm. can come out, but it depends on how you step to me, how you approach mm. me will determine which one comes out. Absolutely. She was shy, (laughs) but my mom really was the person that really taught me to open my mouth and Mm -hmm. to find my voice Mm -hmm. and to make sure I spoke up when I needed to speak up. When you needed to. Yes. You claim your space. Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, tell us, tell us the stories of the people in your young life who shaped who you have become today. My mother taught me how to dance, right? Mm. She put me on her feet and she would teach me how to dance. Oh, my mommy too. <laughs> so I, I, my mom has yeah. taught me how to become a woman. She taught me how to be a woman. Yeah. So she's been very, very important. My dad, he was the one that was no nonsense. My dad, no, no, he don't let people message, he don't let people, that's the way, but he's the calmest cucumber you've ever met. My dad is a mm-hmm. dude, mm-hmm. but talk to him, come at him. So my dad mm-hmm. taught me to respect myself and respect my space yeah. and to make sure that you make other people respect your space. My yeah. dad has been super important. My grandmothers, my grandma, my paternal grandmother taught me that even at the young age of 14, you can make your life. You decide how you're going to make your life. Hmm. My maternal grandmother, she they were, she's she wasn't very demonstrative in terms of showing <laughs> love, but she gave you everything. She mm-hmm. said, You're gonna die one day. You can't take it with you. Give it away. <laughs> right? Wisdom right there. Wisdom. You're not gonna take it with you. So what are you mm-hmm. trying to hold on to everything? Enjoy mm-hmm. your life. So when you look at these people, you know, they've been ex- you know, and then just different teachers in my life that have come and just really imparted um, their words of wisdom or just just how they approach me, how I'm not how they approach me, but what they taught me about myself. Like, you know, it's okay to be smart. It's okay to be the smartest person in the room. It's okay. Mm-hmm. To, don't hide your intelligence. Embrace it. Embrace it. Don't try to be a, sh- don't shrink mm-hmm. because you, you don't want people to feel bad. Yeah. Embrace your intelligence, especially as women I in love, the area. As a woman, STEM. yep, I was about to say that. Well said. You know, as women in the area of STEM, you don't want people to see how smart you are, and mm-hmm. then you kind of shy away. Mm-mm. Don't shy away from your greatness. Yeah. And and, and men, there have been some really mm-hmm. important men, men who have covered. I don't even remember their names. Just came in here, read this book. Mm-hmm. Here, check this out. Mm-hmm. And they've imparted their own knowledge and, and wisdom. The men that have come in have always seen something in me that I didn't see mm-hmm. and pushed me to be my best self, to push me to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. So 
I call them, I said, if I were to have a, a string of pearls for everything that people would come in, yeah. the, people, the gift that people have given me, I would have the most beautiful pearl necklace of the world. Yeah. Just these pearls of wisdom. So the universe will always send you exactly what you need. You just mm -hmm. got to be willing to sit and listen for it. Mm -hmm. That's why those moments of silence are important. So when you took that year off, you needed to listen. listen. So sometimes you need to take those moments because the universe is going to send you somebody with a message that you yeah. need to hear. And just being in my family, they're so accepting. They're so loving. Uh, my extended, like my cousins and things like that, my aunts especially, they're very loving. Yeah. But everybody is like, don't allow this, you know, yeah. you just don't allow that mm -hmm. best self. And uh, just to learn to be accepting and loving. And my students, they've taught me, they taught me to be a teacher. Yeah. There was no school, no program that could mm -hmm. teach me what my students have taught me. They've taught me to be patient. They've taught me to be even handed. They've taught me to be calm. I'm the calmest middle school teacher you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. When they're going crazy, yeah. I just get calmer. And my, mm -hmm. taught me mm -hmm. that. and my students taught me that children need, they need guidance. They want oh. it. They crave it. <laughs> they need structure. Yeah. Kids will tell you that. We don't like it when you let us do whatever we want. I thought that's, that's what you wanted. No, we don't like that. No, we don't like that. Mm -mm. We don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So listen to children. They tell you everything. So yeah. my students taught me a lot. They have taught and continue to teach me a lot. Oh, I, I, that's just so beautiful. And and the last question of, of the day is, you know, you motivate and inspire so many people. Who motivates you and inspires you? Can you share some of your mentors, just people that you absolutely admire? You. Oh, stop you. it. <laughs> you. You're my first. You're my first wow, mentor. Thank you. Yeah, I'm my mom, but like in my professional, just you. You are thank definitely you. a woman that that inspires me. Um, I always, I I love watching your growth. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's what I'm talking you. about. So you, uh, the mentorship that I'm a part of is uh, was founded by a woman named Dr. Avis, and this woman she always talks about being a badass. Mm. You know. Just be in your space, own your space, yeah. you know, know who you are and just build your business. Don't allow society to, to dictate what your, what your threshold is going to be. You decide mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, I have had, you know, just my own, uh, the coach that I'm working with now, he's not a woman, mm -hmm. he's a man, mm -hmm. but uh, Max Charles, he's an IFBB pro Olympia athlete. Yeah. He always talks about be strong. I always tell him, I said, you don't tell people to be strong. You actually show them how to be show strong. Show them, yeah. He and he has me. been showing you how to be strong. Yeah. He shows me how to be strong. And um, I appreciate him because, man, those, that, those, those days where I'm just looking at him like, I, I want to run from this, he says. I don't want you to be scared. Don't be scared. I got you. Mm. You know, so hearing things like that. Yeah. Um, so people like that motivate me. And I just try my, you know, just be, uh, study martial arts. So the people in my martial arts academy, um, Budokan, especially Sensei and Sifu Ralph Mitchell, just the lessons that they've taught me, 
in yeah. terms of martial arts and what it means and how to apply it, not only in the mats, on the mats with um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but also out in the world. Yeah. You know, the universe has been very, very good to me. Always sending me who I needed, when I needed it. So, yeah. 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 Oh, Olandina, it has been my absolute pleasure sitting here with you today, sharing, learning so much about you that, you know, I didn't even know just from your, your younger childhood and just experiences that you've had. So thank you for taking the time and sitting with me because I know that you understand how precious time is. And that's why I'm always so grateful to everyone who gives me a moment of their time because that's time they could have been spending with themselves or time they could have spent with their families, maybe watching a movie, maybe working out, whatever it is they wanted to, to <laughs> choose to do with their time, it's theirs. They can spend it however they desire, but you chose to spend today with me. So I just want to say thank you. And I want to thank you for inviting me here because it was time well spent. Thank because you. it was time where I spent reminiscing and looking back to where I've come from yeah. and say, wow, this is where I was. And look where I am. So you gave me the time to celebrate that. And I don't think we do oh, that enough. Celebrate you. where you've come. So I thank you for that. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you and have a wonderful evening. You too.